I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon in Sherman Oaks, California. In my practice, I've done extensive plastic and reconstructive surgery, and I've seen it all. The good, the botched, and everything in between. On Skin Deep, we're going to discuss the latest and greatest in plastic and reconstructive surgery, all about injectables and health overall. I'll also have some exciting guests joining me to discuss various aspects of health and beauty. So tune in every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. Welcome back to Skin Deep. Happy Saturday, everybody. I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, and I'm so excited for the show I have in store for you all today. First, let me shout out the mortgage mom for all the great info she gives every week. Today, we're going to debunk some plastic surgery myths. I have a very special guest joining me today. You may have seen her on Bravo's TV show, Married to Medicine Los Angeles, or heard her podcast, Imani State of Mind. I'd like to welcome Dr. Imani Walker to Skin Deep. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. Nice. Uh, Before we start, you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording. Do you have any personal experience with plastic surgery? I have, yes. You did? I did. I did have plastic surgery. Is that that you had it yourself or a friend had it? Um, I had it myself. Uh Um, A friend of mine way back when, she'd had it. Um, But when it comes to plastic surgery, you really only see the end result. Right. So that's something that we hear a lot from our patients is I didn't really realize what the process was going to be like. Mm -hmm. So what was your experience with the whole process of the plastic surgery, getting your evaluation, getting your procedure, then the aftercare? So I went to the initial uh, evaluation Uh and I left and I I liked the doctor, I liked the surgeon and I was like, okay, great. Like I'll look better in bikinis this summer or whatever. And uh, then I went to the, uh, I guess, the the breast augmentation fitting where I chose gummy bear implants. So the the office manager was helping me and she was like, oh, I think based upon your frame, uh, you should get like 400 or like 425 cc's. And I was like, okay. So I put, I, you know, put them in my bra and adjusted them. And I was like, ma'am, no, like, I'm not trying to get out of a, out of a traffic ticket. I'm just trying (laughs) to live my life. Did they show you, did you bring pictures of what you want to look like? Or did they show you what you look like filling up a bra? Um, I actually brought pictures. Ah, that's always helpful. Yeah. Of what I, what I, uh, wanted and. I'm glad that I ended up going uh, lower. I think I got like three, 275 mm-hmm. in one and 300 in the other. Uh, but I was I was happy with I was happy with the results when it was all healed. But initially, it was really kind of like I was really kind of shocked because I, I, I had swollen up so do you, much. Do you remember what your first impression was when you woke up from surgery and you reached down and, and felt your chest and said, "Oh my goodness." <laughs> was like, oh my god! Like, what are you doing? Like, because the because the pain had kicked in. Yes. And from speaking with some of my other friends, they had had lipo, where I guess there's an anesthetic that's also injected with the like the tumescent fluid. Yes. I don't think I had that, or if I did, it was it had worn off. So when I woke up, I was like, oh my god! Like this is like I I remember telling. Um, someone at the time, like, I feel like I was run over by a garbage truck. Oh, my. Yeah. 
You know, the thing about liposuction that a lot of people don't realize is that when you do liposuction, in order to remove the fat, you have to put fluid in. Mm -hmm. So you put the fluid in to not only help break up the fat, but also to help minimize the amount of bleeding and help minimize pain. Mm -hmm. And there are different types of medications you can put in for the pain. Sometimes one will last maybe 30 minutes to an hour. Sometimes they even have different medications that last a little bit longer. So it sounds like maybe you have one of the short acting ones. And by the time your surgery was done, you're already starting to feel it. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I definitely felt it. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I remember the compression garment, mm -hmm. which the was part of the package that I had purchased for the plastic surgery. And I didn't realize that I really should have bought another garment before. Ah, because, interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, don't do what I did. I Anybody listening out there, but I was given my aftercare instructions and they essentially said, you know, you're going to be in this, um, this um, compression garment for the next like four to five days mm -hmm. and they said don't take it off or shower or anything until you have your uh, first post-op appointment but I don't listen and I was like <laughs> I'm not going to sit in here in my own fluids for like five days so I, I did take a shower and I did end up purchasing another garment but I, they were kind of on the expensive side I wasn't you know I wasn't um, I mean it wasn't so out of range that I couldn't afford it but I was like oh side note yes so I went on eBay to try to see if I could find cheaper ones, and people actually sell uh, worn ones. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Anyway, back to what we were. Talking back to about. what we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so. So am I? I want to swing back a little bit and talk again about when you had your actual augmentation surgery. Uh, there are a lot of different types of breast implants out there. There are the gummy bear implants, which we know are more cohesive. There's even different levels of how firm they are and how cohesive they are. How did you decide on your implant and your gummy bear implant? I chose gummy bear implants pretty early on because I knew someone who had saline implants uh -huh. and it somehow, I guess it leaked or deflated or uh -huh. something. And so it just looked a little bit off. Like a flat tire? Like a flat tire, yes. <laughs> so I, I wanted to avoid that. And when I went to the office, I'd actually gone to see a plastic surgeon years ago. And I just really, I remember playing with the gummy bear implants. Sure. And they really are well-named. They feel um, like a gummy bear. They do. And I like the fact that when the surgeon, I guess he had one that he had um, like split open. Mm -hmm. You could see how similar to gummy bears they were inside. So they were really cohesive. And I mean, I'm really clumsy and I'm not saying that I would, you know, impale myself on anything. But <laughs> but if I did, just in case you I, did. Right. I wanted to make sure that I uh, that I didn't end up with any, um, you know, deflated um, a breast on one side. We actually have a video just like that on our website where we take two different types of implants and cut them in half. And one implant is your standard gummy bear implant. Another one is a different type of gummy bear implant. But you can see the one that is the more cohesive or the stickier type of gel. It's a little bit firmer when you touch it, but it really does look like a gummy bear when you cut it in half. Yeah, it does. It does. It was really kind of cool, actually. Very neat. Well, I'd like to go through a couple things with you. Let's go ahead first. Tell our listeners what type of medicine you practice. Sure. So I am a psychiatrist. And I work at Gateways Hospital and Mental Health Center in Echo Park. So I see more so patients that have a history of incarceration, mm -hmm. patients who have a history of um, being homeless. Um, so I, can, I kind of tend to deal with the more, um, uh, more severe mental illness spectrum of psychiatry. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. Well, with, with COVID and all the mental health effects of COVID, I bet you've been very busy. 
Yes. Yes. It, it, and it has been, it's been very interesting to see how those of us who were, let's say, you know, well-functioning, mm-hmm. um, you know, before the pandemic, how we've kind of had to handle me- our changes with mental health throughout the pandemic. But when you have a severe mental illness, it, it, they really went through it. And so I really had to kind of stay on top of, um, you know, what they were dealing with and, and, medication changes and sure. talking to them about various things so it um it, it affected all of us uh very seriously i bet with zoom and the challenges that were posed by not being able to see your patients in person all the time it was especially hard for you to keep tabs on them and make sure that they were doing everything they were supposed to be doing that's true the the one the one thing though that was my saving grace is the fact that these are patients who they they are under they have a lot of uh, ancillary care so they have social workers therapists they may live at like a residential facility so if anything's off uh, I usually will get some sort of a message that this person didn't sleep well or this person That's is great. dealing. Yeah, so it actually, even though I would have preferred to have seen my patients in person, um, I was able to get a lot more communication. But that was really the key, is just dealing with, just being a very good communicator during this time. That's how you have to be. And especially, like we said, if you're not seeing people in person, you have to keep tabs on them and make sure that everybody is getting the health care and the mental health care that they need. Mm-hmm. Do you want plastic surgery? I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon here in Los Angeles. I specialize in breast surgery, liposuction, and non-surgical skincare treatments. Using the latest procedures and meticulous safety protocols, your health and well-being are my top priority. So visit my website at hirschplasticsurgery.com, that's H-I-R-S-C-H plasticsurgery.com, or call me at 818-825-8131 for a consultation. That's 818-825-8131. Well, why don't you go ahead then, uh, Amanda, you tell me some plastic surgery myths, and I will break them down and reveal the truth. Okay, sure. So one of the plastic surgery myths that I've heard before is that it's all about beauty and vanity. Well, that that's a simple one. Um, when you had your surgery, do you feel that it was all about vanity, or is that something more along the lines of you had an experience in your life where you had a baby, and you were trying to get back to the way you looked before the baby? Yeah, as close as I could. And that's how most people are. Uh, there are very few people that get plastic surgery that are doing it strictly because they are saying, I want to look like a certain person, or I want to look like um, look like a Greek goddess. <laughs> most people who get plastic surgery are getting plastic surgery because they want to look like the best version of themselves. Right. Especially after having kids, maybe you feel that your breasts have deflated a little bit. Maybe you have a little bit extra fat, a little extra skin on your tummy, and you've been working out nonstop, and you just can't quite get rid of that last little bit of skin, that that last little bit of fat. Yeah, it was it was kind of annoying. I had a there would I think I <laughs> I would tell some people like if I had a skirt on, I'd have to figure out whether the skin would go under or over <laughs> the waistband. So I was like, I'm so tired of this. Like, let me just <laughs> let me just go get this fixed. So that's that is the perfect patient to work with, where you've done all the hard work, you've lost the weight. You just have a little bit extra skin. No matter what you you can't quite get rid of it. And that's where we come in to help you out. So another myth that I've heard is that plastic surgery patients are only rich and famous. It used to be a long time ago. And I would say even maybe, maybe since the 90s when plastic surgery started becoming more mainstream, that might have been true. But now, especially in the past 20 to 30 years, uh, partially because of all the exposure that plastic surgery has received through social media, 
um, through the internet, even on the news, there's always stories about plastic surgery now. I would say now that it's mainstream, it's available and accessible for everybody. That's true. And especially here in Los Angeles, where there are so many plastic surgeons, I would say more people have received some type of cosmetic treatment than not, especially things like Botox and fillers and laser treatments. We all want to look our best. And for people who are worried about the cost of the procedures, there are so many different types of financing options available now. It's very accessible for everybody. That's true. Another myth that I heard is that only women get plastic surgery. (laughs) Well, again, you know, it used to be that maybe women were getting it, but they were the only ones talking about it. True. Now, again, as plastic surgery has become more mainstream, uh, many, many more men are getting plastic surgery than you even know about. Although in general, about 90% of the plastic cosmetic surgery procedures that happen in the U.S. every year are women. About 10% roughly are men. The most common plastic surgery procedure for men, you want to take a guess? Uh, Botox? Uh, the, the most common non-surgical treatment is Botox, yes. Okay, the most common surgical most treatment? Most common surgical treatment. Lipo? Uh, lipo is actually number two or three, depending on the year. Oh, um, I don't know. It's actually rhinoplasty. Oh, you know what? I forgot all about that. Okay, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, and rhinoplasty is a nose reshaping operation. Oftentimes, it's combined with a septoplasty to help you breathe. But it's, it's very common. Uh, both men and women get it. And there are all sorts of different patients who undergo the procedure, ranging from younger patients who have been looking at their nose for a long time and now they're deciding to do it, versus older patients who have always had trouble breathing, but now they want to shape the tip a little bit or shave down the nose a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another plastic surgery myth that I've heard is that plastic surgery lasts forever. So when you got your breast implants, what did they tell you about your breast implants? Um, I was told that in about 10 years, 10 uh-huh. years after I got my surgery or got my implants, that I would probably have, that I'd have to go back and get um, a breast augmentation re-up, I guess we could say. Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of hitting the nail on the head right there is that implants do not last forever. And we tell all of our breast augmentation patients the same exact thing, that roughly 10-ish years, it could be 10 to 12, maybe even 15 years, but at some point you want to do something about your breast implants so that you don't get to be that person who at 20 years, 30 years comes in to see your plastic surgeon says, wow, my breasts have really gone downhill. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) My implants are hard. They're uncomfortable. Right. So certainly with implants or other, other types of non-surgical treatments like Botox or fillers, those certainly need to be done. uh, Botox every three to four months, Uh, different types of fillers can be six months to a year, just depending on the filler. But plastic surgery, actual surgical procedures, they last, but you have to maintain them. When you got your liposuction, what did your plastic surgeon tell you about keeping the shape? Oh, so my plastic surgeon said that he was happy that I basically had a, I have a very active workout schedule Mm -hmm. um, because that would help with healing. And also he told me that it was important to continue to work out um, after I had the, uh, had my liposuction, uh, mainly because the there if I did not keep in shape, there's a chance that there would be some how do I say this? I guess like irregularities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's what a lot of people don't realize about fat is that we have a constant number of fat cells in our body. And so when you have liposuction, you're removing fat. So if you remove fat from in my case my tummy or my love handles if I if I ever got to liposuction, but if you remove the fat and your body is still trying to store fat, it's gonna store it somewhere else. 
And so typically what happens is that after you have liposuction, if you gain weight, your body wants to store the fat in your tummy, mm-hmm. intra-abdominally. Mm-hmm. And that is where you have that kind of round barrel look to the abdomen because your, your fat is being stored inside your stomach rather than outside your stomach. Right. Exactly. Yes. And so I'm sure like your plastic surgeon said to you, we tell all of our, our liposuction patients that you have to do the hard work ahead of time to get in shape. But then you have your surgery and you want to do the hard work afterwards to keep in shape and keep the fat where it should be and keep the good result of the liposuction so you can see them all the time. That's true. And one of the last myths I heard about plastic surgery is that it's the same as cosmetic surgery. That's another question that we get asked all the time too, is that what's the difference between a plastic surgeon and a cosmetic surgeon? And then where do we go from plastic surgery to cosmetic surgery? So when we say plastic surgery, plastic actually comes from a Greek word uh, called uh, plastikos, which means to change. And plastic surgery is generally thought to be a transformative specialty, plastic and reconstructive surgery. So I I always think about the difference between uh, plastic surgery and cosmetic surgery in in that cosmetic surgery is more something you're doing to improve your appearance, whereas plastic surgery is something you can do to kind of reshape and refine something maybe even with an accident or a trauma or something that you were born with. Exactly. Yeah, I think it kind of sounds like when... Um, I see sometimes there will be uh, small children who have a cleft palate. Yes. And I guess that would be plastic surgery as yeah, opposed absolutely. to cosmetic surgery. Mm-hmm. Okay. That would be plastic. That would be plastic surgery. Maybe somebody who has a wants to put a permanent lip filler in or some fat grafting to their lips. Not they were weren't born with it. They just want to look a little bit differently. That would be more cosmetic surgery. Amani, any idea what the difference is between a plastic surgeon and a cosmetic surgeon? I'm not sure, but does it have something to do with the training? Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. A plastic surgeon is somebody who's undergone an extensive training process, usually uh, between five to seven years. That may include some some plastic surgeon who've done an additional three-year fellowship after five years of general surgery. And then typically they go on to receive board accreditation by the American Board of Plastic Surgery, which is the most rigorous, most strenuous process that you can possibly imagine. (laughs) I'm sure you did something similar when you had your psychiatry boards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, a cosmetic surgeon can be anybody. It can be a dermatologist. It can be a gynecologist. It could be a general Mm -hmm. surgeon who has done one year in specifically cosmetic procedures. Okay. Okay. So that explains why I've heard of dentists doing lipo or yes. something right which exactly. seems very strange but i guess is entirely plausible it is especially here in los angeles and i think uh, to be perfectly honest with you a large percentage of the work that i do is seeing patients who've had work done elsewhere that needs to be revised or fixed or just some way to update what's going on so we always tell patients look for the sign of the american board of plastic surgery or the american society of plastic surgeons or the American uh, Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. Uh, there's also other types of board accreditation. There's the American um, American Board of Facial Plastic Surgery, which is somebody who's been an ear, nose, and throat doctor and done additional training in cosmetic procedures of the head and neck. There's also uh, oculoplastic surgeons, which are t- typically ophthalmologists who've done a similar type of training where they do their ophthalmology residency and then an additional year of fellowship. But those are, in general, the three types that I would I would recommend that patients look for. And whenever you are thinking about doing plastic surgery, the very first thing you should do, do your homework. Yes. Look on your doctor's website. Yes, do your homework. I think one of the things that actually helps me 
was um, a website called realself.com. I poured over that for a good six months. Sure. And I know there's an app as well, too, but I just kept looking and looking and reading and reading. And when I did finally find someone that I liked, I actually went on realself.com to make sure that this person had good reviews, and, and he did. It's always good to fact check from multiple sources. Uh, Real Self is good. Check out the doctor's website. You can read their biography. Uh, like I said, make sure it says American Board of Plastic Surgery, American Society of Plastic Surgeons. Uh, you definitely would think twice before reading somebody's biography that says that they're a dentist and they're offering you liposuction. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you would definitely think about that before you would sign up for surgery with them. There are a lot of skincare products on the market right now. I know it can be difficult to find which products really deliver results. I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon in Los Angeles, and I recommend Aura RX Skin products. Aura RX Skin combines medical-grade ingredients and the power of botanicals to get you results you can see. Visit orarxskin.com to see the full line. That's orarxskin.com, and breathe new life into your skin. Now, Amani, one thing that I wanted to just kind of touch on with your specific experience with, with plastic surgery, uh, how often do you see your plastic surgeon? Now? Yes. Um, I, haven't, I actually haven't seen my plastic surgeon since the last post-op appointment. So it's been about, it's been about a year and a half, I okay. think. Yeah. That's, that's pretty common. Uh, I would say that in general, when women have breast implants, that's something they want to see a plastic surgeon once a year to check on. Breast implants, like we said, they don't last forever. They have things that come up. And when you do a revision breast augmentation surgery and everything is fine mm -hmm. and you're just swapping out the implants, maybe you want to go a little bit bigger, maybe you want to go a little bit smaller, that's a straightforward operation. But if you've got a ruptured implant and there's silicone everywhere or a capsular contracture where the breast gets hard and tight and uncomfortable, those become much more complicated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that sounds kind of scary. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody out there is listening and you've got a pair of breast implants that have been sitting for a while and you're wondering, wow, maybe I should do something about this after hearing Amani and I talk today, you can feel free to check out our website, www.hirschplasticsurgery.com. You can check out our Instagram, hirschplasticsurgery, or you can just give us a phone call, 818-825-8131, and we'd be happy to check up and see how you're doing and make sure that you are doing okay and you're good to roll for another 10 years. So, Monty, now that you are a year and a half out from surgery, I assume you fully recovered? Yes, I have. Feeling good, back to your regular workout schedule. Mm -hmm. What's next? Do you think you're going to do something else or you want to roll with this for a little while? I think I'm going to definitely roll with it for a while. I mean, I do know that I guess that would be another eight years or so that I'm going to have to go back and get my implants mm -hmm. um, switched out. Uh, but I think that for me, at least right now, I'm okay. Um, I did, you know, during this pandemic and after like completely going wild on all the snacks, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I have to go back and get lipo. You and me uh, both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, I have to go back. But, um, but I think for right now I'm okay. Yeah. I think I'm okay for right now. Um, but I, I think if anything, I'm definitely more so the things that I will do on a yearly basis are like uh, injectables. So mm -hmm. like Botox, filler, stuff like that. And follow up with your plastic surgeon too, yes. of course. Yes. yes. 
Yes, absolutely. Very good. Well, Imani, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, please tell the audience how they can find you and where to find your podcast. Sure. So you can find me uh, most easily on Instagram. And I am at Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R dot Imani, I-M-A-N-I on Instagram. And my podcast, Imani State of Mind, is pretty much everywhere you can listen to a podcast, any streaming podcast platform that would include iTunes, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, anywhere you listen. So, yeah, that's how you can find me. Very good. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Do you want plastic surgery? I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon here in Los Angeles. I specialize in breast surgery, liposuction, and non-surgical skincare treatments. Using the latest procedures and meticulous safety protocols, your health and well-being are my top priority. So visit my website at hirschplasticsurgery.com, that's H-I-R-S-C-H plasticsurgery.com, or call me at 818-825-8131 for a consultation. That's 818-825-8131. There are a lot of skincare products on the market right now. I know it can be difficult to find which products really deliver results. I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, board certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon in Los Angeles, and I recommend Aura RX Skin products. Aura RX Skin combines medical grade ingredients and the power of botanicals to get you results you can see. Visit orarxskin.com to see the full line. That's orarxskin.com and breathe new life into your skin. Well, it's about time to wrap up this episode of Skin Deep Already. It goes by so fast. If you have any questions about plastic surgery, contact me at hirschplasticsurgery.com, H-I-R-S-C-H plasticsurgery.com, or you can follow us on social media at Hirsch Plastic Surgery, or give us a call at 818-825-8131. That's 818-825-8131. Thanks for tuning in, and I can't wait to be back next Saturday at 8 a.m. for another episode of Skin Deep right here on Go Country 105. Stay tuned for the Custody Queens coming up next. So until next time, I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, and I always say beauty is not just skin deep. 